everyone, and welcome back to our Develop podcast. We are so excited to be back with you all as we continue to connect, grow, and inspire together. Joining us today is Brianna Oakley, Tax Senior Manager in our Hobbs, New Mexico office. A little bit about, about Brianna is that she graduated from Eastern New Mexico University, is a Hobbs Rotary Club member, and has more than eight years of experience advising clients on tax strategies to reach their desired goals. Brianna, I am so excited you are here and welcome to our Develop podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, let's just jump right into it and tell us a little bit about you first. Where did you grow up? And, and let's even talk college. I know you played sports all your life and were offered several scholarships. So take us through what that journey was like. So I grew up in Bakersfield, California, and I did play sports all my life. Um, at first, I kind of got into them as something to do. But as I got older, I did them knowing they'd be my ticket to college. Um, so going to college was always stressed to me at a young age, and it was a really big deal. But both my parents also told us they never had the money to send us. So I'm just under six feet tall. And I was also already in athletics and I knew that was my golden ticket into college and to provide, you know, a good life for me in the future without being in a substantial amount of debt. So I went to college for track and field. I threw the hammer um, and that was pretty exciting. I didn't really have much college debt to come out of it because of that. And it brought me into this career. So it's been That's great. That's pretty awesome. And and you didn't start off at Eastern New Mexico, right? No, I went to McPherson College in McPherson, Kansas at first. Very cool. So a few opportunities thrown your way. I, I love that you, you know, highlighted that sports were a big part of it. And that was a great way for you to not get in debt from the get-go. Um, so good opportunities for school and education. Um, so once you settled at Eastern New Mexico University, Tell us, what was your major? I don't, I don't, I know accounting probably wasn't necessarily at the top of your list in the beginning, if I'm correct. <laughs> You're right. Accounting <laughs> was never on my mind initially like, Love it. at all. <laughs> um, I actually started as a graphic design major and then I got into marketing. Um, so when I was at McPherson, I was a graphic design major. And when I transferred over to Eastern New Mexico, I went to marketing. Um, but after a few marketing courses, I decided that that wasn't the path for me for the long haul. Um, I knew I wanted a certain level of income because I wanted a certain lifestyle for myself and my future family. So I started exploring the possibility of getting into economics or finance because really I thought the best way to make money is to learn about money. Um, so that's really what drove me into, I mean, kind of leading me into accounting. Um, but that's not exactly, you know, how I got there. Right. So, so as you are entering accounting, what would you say were your reasons that you decided to keep pursuing it and, and even for the long term, you know, post-school? Yeah, no, good question. Um, so during my junior year, I had a professor named Dr. Gene Smith, and he approached me about becoming an accountant or pursuing accounting. At the time, I wasn't really interested. Um, I was still pretty stuck on pursuing a career on the stock exchange floor. Um, I had a professor kind of guiding me and trying to get me to do an internship in Chicago. 
and I was really gung-ho about doing it. Um, but Dr. Smith, I really valued his opinion. Um, so I did some research, you know, after he brought that to my attention. During my research, that's when, you know, I, I found some articles about top 10 best jobs right out of college, what's most stressful, whatnot. Um, during this time, that's when I saw a posting that actually a director of marketing was listed as one of the highest paid jobs, but also the highest stressful our most stressful job. So I kind of thought at that time, Ooh, good. I, I dodged a bullet. So we're good. Um, so anyways, right around then I kind of was open to the idea because accounting was on those lists as being good, you know, having good salaries, low stress, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I kind of went around our local community to different, um, companies like Edward Jones and then a local CPA office to see if I could shadow them for a day or so. And the CPA office ultimately hired me on the spot. Um, and really my experience working with that CPA is when I found out that that's what I wanted to do. And he just had a way of life that I really wanted for myself. I mean, he was clearly making a good living and he was his own boss. And that's something that I really wanted to be. Um, and then really the icing on the cake for me was finance required to go get a master's. And one of the professors wanted me to go to John Hopkins. Um, but I was pretty over school at that point. And I had ran a cost analysis and I thought, well, in finance, the, you know, the median salary is pretty close to what an accountant makes. So I don't really want to incur more debt to produce the same future benefit. And really in Eastern New Mexico, debits and credits are the same as they are in Harvard. And I really liked that idea because I knew I could compete with anyone in my field. So really, I, my junior year is the year I decided to become a CPA slash accountant and pursue it. Love that. And I think, you know, your diverse background and exploring a lot of different majors, um, I think there's probably certainly advantages to that, right? And helping you out along the way figuring out what was your best fit. And I love that you ultimately found accounting, you know, junior year, that's a great year to find it. Um, and, and really found your perfect fit and knew that that's what you wanted to pursue. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> so you develop a lot of skills in school and, you know, as a young professional and, and certainly a lot of these skills, I'm sure you still use throughout your career now. What would you say your biggest takeaways and learning experiences were early on in your career and, and how have they really played a role in your growth? Well, I learned very early in my career that you are your own professional and not an employee. There's a really big difference between the two and there are opportunities at each position as you grow in your career that allow you for you to act as a professional. Um, so that's a, that's a big different shift mentally. An employee is someone who's just coming in to clock in and clock out and just do the tasks at hand. That's what I, when I'm referring to as just being an employee, that's what that is. Where being a professional is going that extra mile because that's the lasting mark you want to leave on that person, whether it be a client or a boss. Okay. So when I'm kind of saying that, I always like to tell staff that they really should strive to come in every day to turn in a project with the info they were given, but 
not just do that, really kind of take one step further and compare it to a prior year to make sure the client's given us everything, because that's a quality of service that, you know, we, we really expect to provide our clients where we kind of give them a tip. Hey, last year you had this, this year you have, you don't have it or you didn't give it. Just want to make sure I shouldn't be expecting it. Um, It really shows that you care to provide that highest quality of service that Whitley Penn strives to provide. And then even with your seniors, you know, once you've kind of gotten past a couple of years of preparing and doing that, your senior year is really when you're starting to really think about that tax code. And, you know, I'm obviously specifically referring to taxes because that's the realm I'm in. But really, I like to see seniors go a step above and make suggestions as to ways the client could save money versus just review a tax return and have it for the most part accurate. But really, I want them to think further than that. Um, They should be thinking about the client's business. So a way that they could show that they're a professional versus just an employee is point things out that could be potential deductions for the client. And if they have client contact, maybe sit there and call the client, chat about it, see if that's an available deduction or not. On the flip side, if they don't have client contact, don't be shy to let the partner know on that account, hey, I noticed this, there may be a deduction, may want to consider talking with the client. It just, you're really putting yourself you're really separating yourself from your peers, really, and showing that you're taking this serious and you're not just here to do the job, but you're here to grow as a professional. Um, that's, that's really, really big in, in your shift or your growth in the, um, in the profession. But in addition to that, I also learned that really early on that you're running a business. And for your business to be successful, you need to be active with the firm's recruiting efforts, marketing efforts, et cetera. And when I say you're running a business, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a book of business. Your business could be a client list that you're managing or maybe just your firm flows. I mean, try to kind of make a business out of any role that you have, right? And how would you want that business ran? Um, and don't just keep it client specific. Again, you you have to bring in new employees to be successful. You need to bring in new business to be successful. And so there's so much more than just taking care of a client, even though that is one of the biggest ways, um, biggest aspects of your role. Um, And then also hard things typically bring big rewards. Um, There have been many times in my career where I've been put in sink or swim situations um, the, the thing is, you really need to have faith in yourself in those moments. And 95% of the time you were put in that situation because you're more than capable of handling it. It might require early mornings and late nights to get a handle on it. But I can tell you that most of the time, it's worth it. At least for myself, it's always been worth it. Um, I'm very thankful to have learned those things early on in my career because I think it's per, you know propelled my career um, as quickly as it has. Yeah, I love that you touch on, you know, really being a well-rounded professional, like you say, and, you know, you are what you make of it, right? So it could either be a job or it's a career with that has different doors, different opportunities for you and your growth. And I think those are great points that early on, you should take advantage of those opportunities. Um, don't be afraid to raise your hand, right? And, and 
and really go the extra mile. So I think that's great advice. So you touched on, you know, some sink or swim situations you've been in. So any other struggles or um, setbacks you experienced early on in your career, you know, as a young professional and walk us through how you overcame those, maybe some tips and tricks that you still use today. Yeah. So overall, you know, everyone experiences different types of struggles in their lives professionally and personally. Um, I would say still to this day, most of us all the way, all the way up to the partner level struggle with balancing everything in your life. So at different points in your life, you're going to have different things driving you or compelling you to, to change your, your balancing act. And that, that definitely is challenging. Um, the key is to be really self-aware um, of your, of, that you maybe are struggling with this new balance or whatever it may be. Um, but then to come up with a plan of action to overcome that struggle and really spend most of your t- energy working on that plan. Often, I feel like people spend more energy worrying or emphasizing on the struggle they're facing. And that, to me, is just not productive energy spent. If they use that same amount of energy focused on overcoming and the positive out the flip side of the struggle, they would get through it so much quicker. Um, For instance, a good example for me definitely was that CPA exam. Uh, When I sat for the CPA exam, I had a seven-month-old baby who just started sleeping through the night. And I was working, I was an auditor at the time. I was working overtime. It was audit season. So, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, now is the time to pursue my CPA license. It's now or never. Life is never going to have the perfect opportunity. But right now, at least I know my baby's schedule. She's, she's going to go to sleep at this time every night and I can study from this time to this time, and I can get work done in this time. Um, And really, I created a plan of action for myself and didn't focus that my goal was too aggressive because my goal was to pass the CPA exam in three months. And I most definitely accomplished it. And in the three months, and that was, I truly believe it's because I focused on just each step of the plan versus hearing what everyone else was saying wow, that's really a short amount of time. Wow, that's going to be really hard. Wow, wow, wow. You know, I really just didn't pay attention to that. And so the less time you give to that and the more time you just say, I don't care what you think. This is exactly the my plan and it's going to work for me. You'll usually come out on top. Oh, for sure. And you were, you know, directing your energy in in a way that was going to move you forward. And I love that you stayed focused on that. And you mentioned you started an audit first. I didn't know that. So walk us, tell us a little bit about starting an audit and then making the transition to tax. So I actually did audit and tax. Johnson Miller had the availability to do both um, when you first started. So audit was great. I was naturally also good at that as well. However, I didn't like the independent side of it. I never broke independence or anything like that, but for the long term, I wanted my career to have uh, more relationship abilities and whatnot. Uh, you know, getting to know your clients on an in-depth level, uh, them on a very personal level. 
And that's really what drew me from audit to tax is where tax, they more see you as a trusted business advisor. Um, and they're not afraid of you. They see you as a helper where people view a lot of times an auditor as someone to come get them. Um, and for me, that's just not what I wanted. And also we traveled a lot and I did not want to travel. Whether it didn't matter that I was home every weekend. It's just, that wasn't the type of life that I wanted to continue on for my you know, whole career. Oh yeah, I'm good to find that out early on. And I think it's great that you had the opportunity to, to dive into both. So is there any other advice you would give your younger self now, knowing, knowing everything you know now and have learned throughout your professional journey so far? Yeah, definitely don't sweat the small stuff. There's gonna be a lot of small stuff thrown at you. And in the end, you are human and mistakes happen. And that doesn't make you incapable or unintelligent or whatever negative thing you throw in your head, because that's all self-generated negative comments. Um, no one expects you to be perfect. Your clients aren't perfect, anything like that. There are definitely times in my career where I made a mistake and I just wanted to quit. And I thought I was the worst professional in the world. And I lost sleep for 24 hours because I'm very hypercritical of myself. Um, don't do that. It's not worth it. And it all pans out in the long run. I can promise you that just you're not a doctor. No one is dying tomorrow. Um, you are a accountant and just really remind yourself that for those who are hypercritical, that, that helps me anyways. Yeah. So good. Great advice. So I know your parents were entrepreneurs and own businesses, like you mentioned. So tell us what, what did that teach you about hard work and, and maybe even successes and failures and how you would go about um, handling both throughout your career? Yeah. Honestly, there's two main things that pop in my head. Uh, the first thing is that running a business is not an eight to five gig. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of time. It's well over 40 hours. Uh, majority of my childhood was my parents working their tails off, trying to make their business work. Unfortunately, their business collapsed in 2008 with the recession, but it also kind of taught me that hey, it collapsed, your business ended, but it didn't kill them. It wasn't the end all be all. There were many times of financial uncertainty while they were in the business, but their business failing or failure did not define who they are. Um, and that kind of taught me, because I mean, today they haven't been in that business since 2008. And I could hardly even remember what it was like. So, I mean, that, doesn't, that business failure does not define you. And I think that really helped me going forward. So good. So I know we've kind of jumped around. So you spent, you know, your first year public accounting professional right after school in New Mexico. Then you chose to go back home to California. How did you make that decision? What drove that? And, and really, how did it help play a role in your growth as a young leader? Yeah. So I was with Johnson Miller for almost two years before I decided to move back to California um, my family and I really just moved closer to other family. Um, my family was out there and my husband's family was in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, but we both, my husband and I, when I say we, we both really loved Johnson Miller. But honestly, the move to California and working for Brown Armstrong was one of the best things to happen to me and my family. And it was a very big, pivotal moment in my career. 
Um, honestly, they can take a lot of the credit for my development. Um, I still to this day appreciate them and love all of those people. Um, they welcomed me with open arms. They let me be involved in management decisions early on. They taught me professional confidence and so much more that I can't put even in words. Um, I was put in a lot of sink or swim situa situations while I was there, and I ended up swimming in every situation. And honestly, it was because they believed in me, which taught me to believe in myself. And so just, you know, I really want to thank Andy, Clint, Ryan, Chris, Diane, and Lynn. I don't know if they'll ever listen to this, but <laughs> truly, truly appreciate those people um, still to this day. So really, it, it, it taught me confidence. Um, to a different level and wow. And that is something you can't buy. Yeah, well, shout out to your old firm. I love that. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you are big on living in the moment and taking opportunities really head on as they come and, and really going with them. So you decide to then come back to New Mexico, right, with Johnson Miller to the firm you were previously at. And however, this is right before the merger with now Whitley Penn. So what drove your decision to return back to New Mexico? And how was the transition of not only returning, but also going through even more change, right, professionally with coming on board to a new firm? Well, first off, I want to start with this, or excuse me, first off, I want to start this with my husband, Marcus, can take equal credit for my success. And I couldn't. I honestly couldn't have dreamed of a better person to spend my life with. He has supported me in every aspect of my career. And I say all of that because we only left because he had asked me to reconsider moving back to Hobbs as he had a career opportunity here. Um, it worked out because Johnson Miller wanted me to come back to take over their ag niche, which is what I did in California. So since he wanted out of California and Johnson Miller wanted to bring me in at a lateral position, I was willing to make the change. Um, I had no clue about the merger and honestly was pretty upset at first. Um, I had just uprooted my whole family to a new state with intents of becoming a partner at Johnson Miller, a firm of similar size to my last firm. And I didn't want anything to do with a big firm, which is what I thought Whitley Penn was. Also, I knew the merger was going to be very time intensive, and I was already signed up to have a more time intensive tax season as I was taking over a set of clients that I had never worked on before. But, and this is a big but, in the end, I'm very happy with the merger um, and becoming Whitley Penn. It really doesn't feel that much bigger because most day-to-day -day decisions are made by the each location office, which I really like. Um, and in the end, the transition has been tough. I would be lying to say that it wasn't the truth, but it's for the best for everyone. Um, clients have more resources. We, even the professionals have more resources and everyone at Whitley Penn has been extremely welcoming. Um, I really am happy to be a part of this team. Well, we are happy to have you on board and Another shout out to great spousal support too. I, I love that you touched on that and how that really plays a role. I, I think there's a huge, you know, our professional lives and our personal lives really blend together and it's finding that perfect balance. So it sounds like you have great support in that area too, which has probably led to more professional growth and opportunities for you. Most definitely. He has made a lot of sacrifices to help me get to where I am in my career today. So 
you know, when he came to me and asked to move out of California, that wasn't a decision I made lightly. And his, you know, his desires are just as important as mine. So I really, really am thankful for him. Yeah. It's all about having right, a great team at work and at home. Um, so let's talk about some things you focus on professionally. What, what types of clients do you primarily work with and, and walk us through your growth over the years and at each level? Yeah. So I work a lot with family owned businesses, um, with an emphasis in ag. Um, honestly, they're the best clients. Most of the clients value accountants, which I truly appreciate. And they're really down to earth people. And that goes far. Uh, but really, I only got into the ag niche because of Brown Armstrong. When I had started there as a senior accountant, a manager that worked with the ag partner just left and I filled in that manager's shoes for the year. And then the ag partner left with no notice. So I really had no ag experience when I first started there. And I only had one year of ag specific training prior to that partner leaving. Um, so it was pretty scary at the time, you know, really trying to learn that industry. And I was even willing to go to the local community college to take some ag science classes. So I knew what they were talking about or what one thing was versus the other. Um, but really when that ag partner left, the firm looked to me to retain that partner's clients. And I still remember to this day calling them and talking to them about staying with us. And mind you, I had only talked to a few of them a handful of times. And if my memory serves me correctly, we had a spreadsheet that, you know, broke down which clients stayed and which ones left. And we retained over 85% of them. So that was a pretty big confidence boost and kind of a pivotal moment in my career. And um, you know, even though I only had about a year of ag experience, I didn't take that responsibility lightly because the firm also asked me to run those clients as if they were mine, which I did. And I really spent a lot of time researching, you know, the different ag laws and what's allowed and what's not. And I really took it upon myself. And mind you, at the time, I was just a senior accountant. And again, circling back to one of the beginning points I talked about, you know, that was a situation that I, you could have chose to rise up as a professional or stay as an employee. And an employee would have said, I don't know. No, I don't know them. You know, I don't know them and punt it back to the partners. A professional sees that as an opportunity and says, this is my, my day to shine. And I'm going to grab that opportunity and roll with it, whether that was a niche I ever thought I was going to be interested in it or not. And honestly, I'm super thankful for that you know, partner leaving and putting me into this niche. And it's opened so many doors for me. Um, another thing is ag as a whole brings a multitude of tax issues, which I feel is kind of unique to that industry. Uh, they have, they're pretty asset heavy. They have a lot of debt. Okay. And usually it's partnership taxation and partnership taxation already as a whole is a very complicated section of the tax code. Um, so it really kind of forced me to learn different parts of the tax code that others at my same level never got exposed to. Um, so again, going back to that professional versus employee, I took it really serious and I really spent a great deal amount of time researching to make sure those clients were getting the best service and the quality 
was there as well. Uh, okay. So, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh no, yeah, and I mean, never stop learning, right? That's what I I hear you say, and you know, you, it sounds like you found your specialty through an opportunity that you maybe never thought you would have, but but you took it and loved it. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, definitely at the beginning of your career, you're just trying to get the return to balance. And that's expected, but as you move up, you're really trying to stay on top of things and, and to help, you know, your clients make informed business slash tax decisions. And it's been great. Good. And I'm sure you're still learning, right? Those tax laws and everything that keeps changing and that's good for you though, right? It keeps you on your toes. Yep. Yep. You'll (laughs) never be boring. That's for sure. That is good. So what are some things you love most about what you do? I'm, I'm sure it's fun to make the transition to more of a leadership role and begin to now focus on developing future leaders. How has that been? The best part about our job is the relationships that we get to create, honestly. Um, helping professionals find their inner confidence so they can find their greatest potential. It's just so rewarding to see someone blossom. That is hands down the best part about what we do. And also seeing clients and their confidence build for you. Um, And when you just become, you know, a trusted business advisor, that is also extremely rewarding. And overall leadership, I love it. My husband jokes with me that I was born for it. I don't know if anyone's seen Boss Baby, but (laughs) um, the, the concept of the movie is when babies are born, they're either born for management or born to be a baby. And he always jokes that I'm born for management, but, um, honestly, I've been in a leadership role now for the last four to five years. And I don't think I could not be in a leadership role. It's just in naturally something I, I, I crave, I guess, in my life. Uh, but hands down the relationships is takes the cake still to this day. I get so much energy meeting with clients, students, you name it. Yeah. You're like a proud professional work mom too. So <laughs> yeah. You get to be a proud work mom at home and at the office. I think that's so fun. Um, so you mentioned, you know, developing students and you're involved in our current campus development efforts. And I know you've been involved prior to Whitley Penn as well. What really excites you most for young professionals who are just getting started in their careers right now? I really like guiding them on getting their CPA license and easing their anxieties about starting a new job and about what the expectations are for them and kind of also sitting down and telling them this is a good path to get the license and you know focus on that it's worth it just helping them i mean there's just something so special about that about someone coming in not having any baseline to them and you getting in to be a part of a pivotal moment in their life. And I don't know, that's, that's really what I do it for, to help the students. That is awesome. And what excites you most about, you know, a profession in public accounting and, and about all the opportunities that can come from going, moving in that direction? 
I know I keep saying it, but relationships. I mean, I don't care who you are, what position you're in. If you do this job or career in public accounting and you show up every day as a professional, you're going to build even more relationships. And even if along the way you decide this isn't the long-term career path for you, you've opened more doors for yourself than you can even fathom. Um, Really, that's the name of the game in this profession, in my opinion. And it just makes me so excited. I don't know. It's just meeting new people, helping them especially with the pandemic, people have been stressed, money tight, um, informing them of tax or of uh, programs that the government has put out to put cash back in their hands to keep their employees on payroll. I don't know. There's just something so exciting about that. The relationship side that you're there for them in a time of need when usually they're, they're nervous, you know, anytime they come into the tax office. I mean, at least not my clients are nervous. They're not nervous because of our relationship, but that's what I strive for to take that anxiety uh, out of taxes for them. Yeah. Well, I think that's really special. And it sounds like you get pumped up for accounting and I'm sure your clients (laughs) see that too. And um, that's why they love getting to work with you. So um, you mentioned before, uh, you know, you love sales marketing. We're good at that. That was something you were pursuing initially. Um, which, you know, certainly plays a role in developing business and maintaining client relationships. Um, A big part of all that is also knowing your brand. So what would you say your brand is and what are your strategies related to how you participate in business development initiatives? Has your brand evolved over time or has it stayed pretty true to who you are? Well, I think initially you don't really have a brand you know, when you first start off, because you don't really know who you are. And so as you're growing in your career, especially early on, you're also learning about yourself personally. And you're also finding out what is important to you and what is not. At this point in time, I would say my brand is just, I'm a regular person like you who specializes in taxation. I'm here to help you out. I really strive to be, you know, a trusted business advisor to many, but that's if they want that and they're looking for that quality of service as well. So one thing I really do is spend a lot of time getting to know each client and on a personal level, on a tax level, um, really so I can proactively advise them along the way. Um, So for instance, when the pandemic first came out and the PPP loan stuff was, you know, really starting to come out, I remember going through my client list and just calling them. The ones that I think were impacted by the pandemic, who could use the help, really debunking any of the negative myths that were going with it. And I mean, I really got quite a few clients set up on that PPP loan and they didn't have to lay off employees. And that trickle down effect just makes me feel really good knowing that those employees who were relying on those jobs didn't have to be let go because I helped inform that business owner of that loan program, okay? Um, And so really, it's all encumbersome. I mean, getting to know them is so important to be the best advisor for them, but I don't want them to see me as a rigid person. So really, we get on a very personal level. Uh, My dad passed earlier this year, and This year, I have probably cried with more clients than I've ever cried in my life uh, because we've talked about it in such a really intimate, 
conversation and they've talked, they've came, um, talked to me about their troubles through their life. And so it really is just that I am like you, I am a human. I am here to help you with whatever tax needs you need. Um, and also look out for you and, you know, for your business's best interest along the way as to the best that I can anyways. Yeah. I love, I love how you tied both those things, you know, your brand really blending, right. What you're good at, your specialty, your knowledge, what you know, but also being a human, right. Which I think is what a lot of people, maybe we sometimes forget, but people really just need that human side of us, even in the professional setting. Um, so I love that that's part of who you are. And I know your clients appreciate that as well. Uh, so tell me, what do you love doing outside of the office? I know you have two kids at home. So what's home life like? I'm sure it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the kids keep me on my toes. Really, honestly, I like to just hang out with family and friends. And if I do have free time, I like to sleep. I'm a sleeper. I know that's pretty simple and pretty bland. And um, I could throw some shopping in there and whatnot. But really, honestly, hanging out with my family and friends and sleeping is top priority of my list. Love that. We do need sleep. I hope you're getting some, a little bit more after the tax season too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty busy. <laughs> it's been great. Um, honestly. Love that. So what are some other things that inspire you and do you have any advice for anyone feeling maybe lost in what they're currently doing or Maybe they're feeling bogged down by certain obstacles they're facing, whether it's professionally or personally. Yeah. So really it's not the most glamorous response, but keep on keeping on. It, it is the God honest truth. When, when you're facing an obstacle, really take the time to come up with a plan to overcome it and don't shy away from the challenge. Um, I've found that discomfort brings personal growth. And, you know, it might seem difficult today and it probably is difficult today, but usually their benefit outweighs that challenge. And if, if you decide it's not, then maybe you should be reevaluating why you're even doing it. I mean, everything in life comes with a consequence, whether it's good or bad. And really, I mean, just keep on keeping on. Once you make that plan, pursue it and have faith in yourself and to overcome it. And don't put so much energy thinking about how hard it is because then you're going to be a, a ball of stress. Keep on keeping on, right? And I know you touched on, you know, having self-awareness, which I think is so important too in that journey. So if you could be doing anything else professionally, what would you be doing and why? Would you go back to one of your old, old majors or what do you think? No, 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 no. Um, honestly, this was a little bit hard for me to think of, but uh, motivational speaking typically comes to mind. I truly like helping people unlock their inner potential. Um, I was really blessed to be raised in an environment where we listened to a lot of motivational speakers. And I really think that helped prepare me for adulthood. Uh, I, met, I have met so many great people who stunt their own growth by their own doubts. And, you know, I, I just think that's, that's sad. And I wish that that wasn't occurring, but not everyone has been given the same tools that I've been given. And I would have, you know, if I was to change careers, I would love to help them or sell real estate. I mean, that's a backup plan. <laughs> just kidding. There you go. That's a good one right now, but 
I mean, how great, I think you get to do that too right now and, and pour into your team and, and motivate them and inspire them on a daily basis. And I think that's great. It's kind of like, you're getting to do that too. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be successful in life as a whole, you, you gotta be resilient. So it's never going to be perfect. And what you, and I always like to tell people it's what you make of it. I mean, to be resilient does mean you can recover quickly from difficult situations. And so I like to be that force to remind them you can't be successful or happy in life if you spend your time focused on the things that are not going right. Um, So any type of opportunity I get to remind someone that or help them navigate those emotions or those stressors or whatever it is, I, I try to seize it. Love that. We'll keep season away on that. That's great. <laughs> so lastly, do you have any books, podcasts? I know you mentioned the, the movie Boss Baby. Um, so any shows or recommendations that you can leave with our audience? I mean, they could be on growth and development or just personal, but what's currently grabbing your attention? You know, uh, I'm going to say the, the classic, The Secret. I just believe in it so hardcore. It's um, a book or a movie, you can watch it, watch it on YouTube or buy the DVD, or there's also a book, but really it focuses on the law of attraction. Um, really saying, you know, you get back in the world from the world, what you put out and there's a bunch of different theories that go in it and whatnot. And I'll let you guys kind of explore that on your own, but anyone I've introduced that book to, or the movie to has claimed it's helped them reach their own goals and help them manifest the things that the positive things in their lives that they were striving for. And I can definitely tell you it's worked for me. Um, so definitely the secret, any, any chance you get, definitely watch it. Perfect. That's a great recommendation and boss baby too, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Brianna, thank you again for joining me today and, and sharing with us your story. I know you are certainly just getting started with everything you will accomplish. And we are so inspired to have you on your team. So are on our team. Sorry. So thanks for joining us today and sharing, sharing your tips with us. No, seriously. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, Anytime, you know, good luck, everyone. You guys can accomplish whatever you want. Just you got to be persistent in doing it. So good luck. Thank you. And, and as always, I would love to connect with each of you, whether on LinkedIn and engage with you all as you are developing in your career. So please reach out, make sure you listen to this podcast, share it if it provides you value. And I look forward to hearing about all of your stories as we develop, connect, and continue to inspire one another. Thank you. Oh.